0: Well hello Jeff. Well hello Soraya. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. You? I'm doing I'm a little tired. I've been working in my garden. I have we have a drainage issue so I've been digging ditches. And uh, Yeah we uh, took a shower and I'm ready to podcast.
1: Look at you so fresh and so clean.
0: I am clean. Yes. All
1: right Jeff so who are we talking with today?
0: We're gonna talk to Stephen Roback. I mentioned on the end of our call with Aaron,
1: um, mm-hmm.
0: Aaron Shear, that while digging through some old CD boxes, I came across my old Viva, Viva Saturn record, "Ships of Heaven," that we talked to to Stephen a little bit about uh, when we had him on last year, but we didn't have the music to listen to, and I had forgotten that I even had a copy. Until I started playing again, and all the songs started coming back. So there's, a, I have a lot of questions about this album. Well,
1: I have a big old question <laughs> for you, and that is, how in the world do you have a copy of this? Because supposedly this was never released.
0: Yeah, I, I have no clue. I have no clue where I got it. Um, I, I, I have some credits that I had written down that are in my own handwriting, but. I certainly wouldn't know those, so I don't know where the where the CD came from, where the notes came from, but I want to know more about this. the The uh, music the music on here is really good, so uh, it's
1: excellent. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't released before, and I'm hoping yes that uh, uh, Stephen takes a, another look at this album and thinks about maybe shopping it around because songs are real good.
0: Yes, so. Let's. Stretch. I don't
1: know, Jeff. Let's let's start it.
0: Yeah, let's give him a call.
1: Awesome. Hi, this is Saraya.
0: And this is Jeff.
1: Our podcast is called Paisley Stage, Raspberry and Rhyme.
0: A podcast where the two of us play music that we like and share anecdotes and background about the tunes.
1: We hope you'll join our conversation. And without further ado, Abrumiaro.
0: Let's get groovy. groovy, groovy,
2: groovy, groovy.
0: All right, so we just got a message that he's waiting for us, so let's give Stephen a call. Hello? Hello, Stephen Rovac. This is Jeff and Soraya. How are you doing today?
3: Uh, Hey, guys. Uh, I'm doing okay.
0: How are, you, how are you guys doing? We're doing all right as well. Are you holding up okay with stay-at-home orders and wearing your mask and social distancing and all that?
3: Yeah, I... I haven't been out of the house in about three months, but uh, <laughs> I'm—I think I'm tolerating it about as well as anybody. Yeah, it's—it's
0: it's tough. It's tough. I gotta say, I'm missing going out to concerts and going to record stores and going out to eat and <laughs> visiting yeah. f- visiting family. All that.
3: Yeah, I have a, a mild case of store craziness, but <laughs> yeah, yeah <maybe> I, <laughs> I'm,
0: with, I'm with you there. Yeah, I'm with you there. We were even Sarah and I were even talking about making a a little road trip to do a rain parade show that was possibly going to happen earlier than in the year but turns out that that uh, the world had other plans for us.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: we all we all needed a rest apparently. So it
3: seems <laughs> yes, so the world does have a way of making its own plans. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, Stephen, I thank you so much for taking our call. We were just talking about the fact that um, I was recently going through some old boxes of CDs that I hadn't listened to probably since... I'm trying to figure out, because we bought this house in 08, so it's been at least 12 years, and I think I had them boxed up two or three years prior to that, but uh since we are at home and i have a little bit of time i've been trying to finally get through some stuff that i've been putting off obviously for years and um <laughs> one of the cd's that i came across was ships of heaven and we had talked to you a little bit about that last year um as, as being an unreleased album and we have so many questions about yeah. <laughs> about about this
3: yeah and, i hope i can i hope i can Remember, remember well enough to answer if you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay.
0: yeah. So, so if if memory serves, the record was recorded. Saraya, did you say that you read that it was delivered to um, a
1: rec- restless a rec- in 98? Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, it was, it
3: was recorded in mostly in San Francisco in 96 seven maybe ninety-six, ninety-seven, 97 um and delivered after being mixed in 98 um so yeah that's kind of the chronology
0: okay of it. and then yeah. so, so the label passed on it it sounds like
3: well yeah they, they passed on releasing it um we you know i had like a, a modest contract with them and um you know, followed through on recording and delivered it, and then they kind of just balked on, on releasing it and decided, you know, that it was, you know, they, they didn't want to follow through with, with a, you know, promoting the band, so um, it kind of ended up in limbo, <laughs> and I had delivered, I already delivered the master, so they they, they kind of, I think they offered me to, to buy them back, but I, you know, at that time it was like, well, you know, I kind of didn't have the money to buy back the record. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we kind of just let, let it rest. Okay. No, no pun intended. We're trustless.
2: Yeah. Restless. <laughs> yeah.
3: Um, <laughs> but, um, so yeah, so I kind of just fell through the cracks and, you know, at the time it was like, okay, well, you know, moving on to other stuff anyway, it was kind of a transitional Period. Anyway, it was definitely going to be the last v- Viva Saturn project, or, oh. uh, you know, or official album.
2: Oh,
0: okay, mm-hmm. okay. Yes, yeah, so yeah. the you had you had already released the EP Viva Saturn, self-titled in eighty nine, and then Sound Mine in ninety two, Bright Side in ninety five. So this was going to be, uh, I guess, the fourth release or third full length release, and th- this was going to be it, huh? This was th- the end of that project.
3: Yeah, I, I kind of, I mean, I I was already, I don't know if I thought that consciously at the time, you know, I, I might've continued doing it depending on, you know, what the response was to the record. But what kind of happened is I, I was already kind of doing more solo acoustic stuff again. Okay. Um, Viva Stadler was a little bit hard to maintain, you know, we up exactly the most prolific band in history. <laughs> um. Because you know, John lived in, at the time, John lived in LA. We were kind of split between two cities. John and Billy Blaze, the drummer, and Gary Eden, who did some bass playing for us. Um, so it required a lot of commuti- commuting, and I was up in San Francisco. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, it was just kind of a natural progression of it, and I started recording a lot of acoustic stuff in my in my flat in San Francisco, um, which some of which ended up on that on that record.
0: Yeah, there's some of yeah. those that... Yeah, it definitely sound like they're almost solo performances. You, mm-hmm. you mentioned a couple of the names. I, again, I have no clue where I got a copy of this from. I, I honestly don't know. I thought it could have been like maybe a Napster thing or something. But I have handwritten credits that look to be in, in my handwriting. And it's got a lineup. And I wrote down... I don't know where I got this information from but that the band consisted of yourself on electric guitar, acoustic guitar, bass guitar, vocals, piano, and organ. I know I wouldn't make that up, so I got that from somewhere. And then yeah. and then Matt Pucci, electric guitar, background vocals, John Thoman, electric guitar, Gary Eaton, bass guitar, Billy Blaze, drums, I wrote down. And then additionally, Hannah Marcus, Erica Magre, and Missy on on backing vocals. Yeah, so, I yeah.
3: think you got it, yeah.
0: Okay. okay. Yeah, so I don't know where that I got that information, but we wanted to talk a little bit about that lineup. Of course, Matt and John are also bandmates from Rain Parade, but Gary Eaton, is he the same Gary Eaton that, from, that played with Continental Drifters and I think Steve Wynn a little bit, among other things?
3: Yeah, he... He, he is, yeah. I, I don't know all the projects that he's worked on, but I know he's, he's played with a lot of people.
0: Okay, okay.
3: He's a, a really, really talented guy, really talented musician, and um, it was really nice to have, have his um, musical input in some of the later Diva Savage sound stuff.
0: Very cool. And then Billy Blaze, I think, yeah. was also did a lot of work with Chris Kakavez among other people, but if if I'm thinking of the same person. Yeah, he person. Was a drummer. Okay, perfect. For...
3: for um, Chapter,
0: love yes exactly record. yeah yeah okay. cool and then um, so yeah. the copy I have I don't know if it was if there ever was like a final sequence for the record ever figured out I imagine so if it was delivered to the label
3: well I think so, so I think what happened there was there was a sequence uh, I sent them the final mixes but it wasn't a final final. It needs to be mastered, and and the song order, could, you know, probably would have might have been slightly different than what I sent them. But what what happened is because it never got released. At some point, I was, we kind of decided, oh, maybe we'll just release it ourselves since nobody else wants to. And I think I did like a limited edition of maybe a, a hundred or something, which I kind of pressed up myself. Oh. And I was I was wondering, did you did you get one with an album cover? Because we actually made. You know, an actual—it it was kind of cartoonish, but we, you know, we made we made an album cover for it. So some a few people actually bought the bootleg and have an official album, album, you know, CD cover
2: Oh, okay. all the So
3: I was wondering if you had that version or if you just had gotten it from other, another source.
2: Yeah,
0: I think I got it from another source because the picture that I have is a picture of half of your face, <laughs> and. uh... <there's> a, <laughs> With a gate or something next to a gate. So I don't have that official cover. Uh, but um, Soraya found an image online that had it's with a lavender picture and a picture of the sun and maybe a planet or something.
3: Yeah, yeah, that, that was the cover.
0: Oh, okay. Oh.
3: For, for our bootleg version of it.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I did not have that bootleg version. No. So I think I yeah, got, I, think, uh, I probably got a bootleg of the bootleg. <laughs> some, somehow
3: somehow it sounds like it yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I burned that um, that illustration it was from like a book on alchemy or something uh huh it had some interesting really old like antique-ish drawings of the solar system
0: <laughs> yeah it looks really cool yeah. the image that Soraya found
3: yeah it would have been nice to have it actually released but, you know.
0: yeah so that leads us to our question. One, our biggest question is: there any possibility that this would still get an official release?
3: I don't. I. I don't know actually. I, I mean, I guess this was possible. I, I think it's more more likely, at some point, to end up as part of a a larger, kind of compilation. Okay. Of our work from that period. Oh, um, got it. Yeah, because I think you know, Diva album was around from '89 till '98, and I was kind of thinking that's kind of has a nice roundish <laughs> number to it. Maybe maybe there should be like a, a compilation, like '89 diva album,
0: '89 to '98. Right, right. Yeah, we talked about that before. That's perfect. I love yeah, that. yeah.
3: I think I missing it.
0: Yeah, so I hope that happens. Some this album is really really good. Sarai and I were talking about that earlier. Some of these songs are fantastic. And uh, I think we talked a little bit with you last time about the fact that Viva Saturn was born from the fact that you are a songwriter. In fact, we just talked to Matt Piucci a couple weeks ago. We we're talking to him about David, and he had mentioned that your brother had invited you into the band. And then what was the quote that that Matt said that he? He
1: said something like, "He, how would he have realized that his brother would surpass him as was a really good." strong songwriter yep. right it was something like that like he surpassed him yeah he said songwriter. how
0: would we know that steven would be the best rain parade songwriter <laughs> right. there you
1: go thank you <laughs>
0: yeah something well, along very, those very
1: lines. generous
3: <laughs> that's very generous of matt <laughs> yeah so I, you know yeah I think, but you um, should... yeah but there's three very strong songwriters right and, right um, you know i think we, com- we complemented each other very well and that's that's why it worked out so well because um, we, we all brought something that kind of a, a unique piece of the puzzle um, in our individual contributions that it kind of just fit together really, really nicely.
1: Jeff and I will absolutely agree yes. with you on that. And one of the things I think that we'd like to add is, as we started listening to to this album, and for me, it's curious that the own, the band itself released its own bootleg. I I absolutely love that part of the history. The the lyrics, the lyrics on these songs are so strong. And uh, I was telling Jeff that as I was listening, I kept writing notes and I kept going back to this one note that came right at the beginning. And it's you as as a lead vocal, no one can hide from you on this album. These songs emphasize you so well. And I have to agree with Jeff that, there are some of these songs that just feel like a solo, uh, you know, a real solo highlight. And so the, lyrically, this is a strong album. And then in each performance, we get something that just builds and builds and builds. It's really, this is this is such good work. And it, it it's curious to me that it just, at the time, it just didn't get released.
3: Oh, well, th- well thank you. Um, I appreciate your very complimentary <laughs> statement on that. Yeah, I, you know, I, I do feel like the album has some for, some of the, my favorite things that I've I've done, and you know, it some of yeah so some of the, the, the lyrics are among my, my favorite that I've come up with, and um, of course you know I, once again major contributions by, by Matt Puget and John John Thurman. But yeah, it was it was It was a very creative period um, those that couple of years, and where I was kind of just you know working in my house and um, had some time to to write tunes and yeah. And then so some of some of the recordings were actually came out better than I expected. And like recording vocals is can be really difficult. And the key the key to it really is. I think making sure making sure that the song itself is written, not so you know so written for your voice in the right key, and I think a, a few of these songs kind of hit hit that right, um, the sort of right tone. So, yeah, like Angel Sister, I think came out pretty nicely.
0: So that's the first um, track that I have listed on our in sequence angel sister we wanted to ask you steven is it okay if we walk through all of the songs and get some quick feedback on some of them sure and sure just to spark some memories i thought i'd play like a, a few seconds of each song just like a little sample okay. um yeah, okay yeah <laughs> and ours as well too so um and angel sister is the first one so let's listen to a, a few seconds of angel sister I hope that that really was the leadoff track because that it, that just jumps off as a very very strong start to the record. Is that what you intended to be the starting track?
3: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, that was probably probably my favorite song on the on the on the record, and um, yeah, that that was actually it, that was kind of a cool production actually. The whole thing um, we recorded that mostly. That, at a studio called Brilliant Studios, which I might have mentioned in our last talk um, in San Francisco, it's not there anymore. But it was a really nice old brick uh, studio that was was built out of an old brick foundry. So Mm -hmm. it had really high ceilings and really cool, you know, sound, um, sort of like acoustics. Um, So we recorded that there, except for the background vocals, which I, this sort of angelic choir Yes, which we were, I recorded at my home studio, and I got my ex wife and some other Hannah Marcus, who's a really talented musician who I worked with at the time, and the other people to to um to be the angelic choir for Angel Sister.
1: Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Appropriately stated. Yes. 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 It's this beautiful harmony, and uh, but throughout the whole song. it's what a great way to start.
3: What a great way to start. Yeah, that kind of punches and yeah, actually it was kinda of funny. We we ended up having to mix together probably like thirty or thirty five tracks, which is just you know, it's kind of absurd for for us, you know, but um, so we actually had to bring I had to bring my computer from home which had all the Angela Vocals on it oh. to mix it with with the, the band tracks on the twenty-four track analog tape. So it was kind of like a sync to sync everything up, and
2: oh
0: wow,
3: it was kind of insane. <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: even that, more impressive.
0: It sounds <laughs> challenging. Yeah, well, I
3: could, it could, yeah it could have been a, we could have done a documentary just on that, just on that, <laughs> that
1: particular mix, you know? oh, like wow. feature-length documentary.
0: <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> the
1: making of Angel Sister. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: Very cool.
3: But the song, the song also. One thing I wanted to say about the song is it. It's kind of about it. It really is about. I don't know if you get it from the title, but it, it's it's about Los Angeles. Which seems to be a common theme in Rain Prey songs. <laughs> um, or our history, but. I think it popped into my head when I was driving into LA. One time and. Uh, and so, so it's about this about Los Angeles and maybe someone i loved while i was living there mm. but we used to go up we used to go up in the hills there in the santa monica mountains and um just look down in the city and you know the lights are just absolutely hypnotizing yeah um think you guys have seen um you know the sort of endless pulsating lights of la um we used to go up there and tell stories about what we imagine people were doing down below.
0: Oh, that sounds <laughs> like fun. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, how many people were doing something or other, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, just an <laughs> incredibly hypnotic vision to meditate on. So it's was the, just the view of Los Angeles has been an endless inspiration. So that's really what that's, that song is, is sort of inspired by.
0: Oh, I did not pick up on that. I did not pick up on that. Very, very cool. So then, the next song, the second song, starts off with the film intro, at least the one, the version that I have, and it's the title track, "Ships of Heaven." Um, Do you remember what the the film intro is from?
3: Uh, Yeah, that's we sampled um, a few seconds of from the original Snow White cartoon, cartoon, the Disney cartoon from the thirties. Oh wow! And it's it's the Snow White singing um, was I'm waiting for the one I love to find me. Uh. And then, yeah, we actually used quite um, that song. Actually, has um, some interesting sound effects that we we found. I think we used like these different horror movies sound effects. So there's like howling wolves in there and. <clears throat> windstorm and various other horror movie sound effects wow Uh, yeah
0: let's listen to a few seconds of it and then um find out a little bit more about it so take it away snow white
2: About.
0: that's so good I really really like that piece a lot so oh, thanks what what was the significance of adding in the the horror mo- movie samples
3: well that what happened is I, I actually recorded a demo of that um a few years before that when I was living in Palms. Um and actually Rain Pro was still active at that time. And I think I mentioned it last time we spoke that there were there were a bunch of kind of proto Saturn songs, proto
2: uh-huh.
3: type songs. Kind of electric electric swirling guitar on Strat to a Vibrolux, kind of like Brightside or Remember I'm Dead, if you remember those songs. Right. Um, so it was one of those kind of foundational songs for Viva Saturn. But that track, the demo I recorded in, in my house, and my, I had a friend from Sweden who, who was visiting me, and he was kind of out at record shops collecting, you know, picking up records, and he found this really cool old uh, horror movie sound effects record. So just just for kicks, we we tried. You know, he was there when I was doing the original demo. We kind of tried to mix in some of the sound effects, and it sounded really pretty cool. And so when later I redid the song with Matt, we had to get those sound effects because it was like the song wasn't the song because it was it just kind of you know made everything cohesive. Yeah.
2: Uh-huh.
3: So I had to track down my friend in Sweden and, and, you know, insist that he send me the original, original album that he had bought in LA. <laughs> so we <laughs> did, did eventually get it. <laughs> and we, we tried to kind of slavishly imitate the original demo. Okay. So, oh my God.
0: Yeah. It's such a great song. It's a really good song that when you sing the line, uh, don't remember when it kind of reminds me a little bit of fertile crescent the melody of it, of the song only on that one little line there. Oh uh, uh, yeah. yeah. But um, there's some, so much signature Steven Robeck in this one song that it's, it just sounds to me, <laughs> the song sounds like you. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's, um, yeah, well, like I said, I think it's part of that for formational or foundational sound that I was kind of de- playing around with and trying to develop that had that kind of swirling electric mm-hmm. um, uh, picked, picked electric guitar finger picking through a Vibrolux with some heavy effects on it that seemed to work well with my voice you know because I'm not I don't have the you know like Matt Matt has this incredible project ability to project his voice my, my voice just is a little bit um less strong and I kinda needed to find a way to like an environment that it would sound good in. <laughs> so I worked in that for a long time and trying to find the right how, how to how to how to create the right sort of context for my voice.
2: Wow.
0: Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to and me. My... Although I wouldn't think that myself, but <laughs> I wouldn't come up with that kind of strategy, but <laughs> I, that that <laughs> totally makes sense.
3: It's I mean put it, put it this way. It's, it's one area that I was exploring that I really liked, and that's quite kind of it. Kind of developed. Um, there's several songs that have similar kind of uh, environment, musical environment. The song itself is actually um, it's kind of about this sort of opiated experience. Um, I might have had my actually for the first time actually it, it had it has um for some reason I think I had like a dental surgery or something oh. so i had i had um some exposure to to the op- opiate um, <laughs> th- feeling um but it was also the song itself is really about transcending the drug drugs kind of lo- looking for that illusory spiritual connection and you know something everybody wants. Sort of to be transported to that perfect place, you know, mm-hmm. where everything's peace and harmony. <laughs> but it's pretty hard to find.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. For sure. Yeah.
1: It seems that that dialogue is going on throughout a number of these songs of, you know, a search, search for that space where there's some sort of peace um, and grounding, and uh, and and then you know it's kind of in that dialogue there are other songs that say hey to get there we got to get rid of a lot of things we got to change a lot of things and I'm thinking specifically of the song uh, change everything and yeah. even whirlwind kind of speaks to me like that but before I get ahead of myself
0: let's <laughs> talk <about track> three.
1: <laughs>
0: all right so track three is bury the axe and I love how it starts off with these marching drums and um I have a question about that, but let's listen to it, if that's okay, Stephen. Sure, sure, yeah. guitar work is so good on that oh song oh my
1: god it's insane yeah there's some great work on that that by uh of course matt pucci
2: and john john thumb especially john but but i think the soaring guitar is, is matt
3: and kind of the riff the the main hook is is john Oh okay yeah is it, yeah and that, that that sort of military style intro is cool the um song is a little bit of a mess sonically um that's one that definitely needed, needed um, some additional attention, you know, kind of will, needs to be mastered. And in a perfect world, I would, I'd like to even remix it because it's, uh, it's got some over the top, uh, guitar, <clears throat> raw guitars happening. that might benefit from a little reining in, but uh, yeah, but over, overall it, it came out pretty nicely.
0: Very cool there. I wrote down a couple of the lyrics and I was, um, interested about the content of the song and uh, the the lyrics that I wrote down is there's no way back bury the axe, the chorus and then dig a shallow grave so you can find me and then with that and the militaristic drums I'm really I'm I'm really interested in what the song is about and what, what the intention was behind it
3: yeah well I, I think it was just kind of about realizing this sort of stupidity and futility of holding grudges.
0: Okay. Yeah. And
3: and being angry, holding on to anger, um, and just, you know, wanting to put a rest to it, you know, to to those feelings, to relationships that are mm-hmm. you know, where you are holding on to negative negative feelings and um just making peace, yeah, like, like Soraya says, it, it is kind of about, there's a theme to this record about wanting to kind of make peace and coming to terms. And it maybe, you know, might kind of reflect the moment, that phase, you know, kind of this transition from, there was Rain Parade and then, then there was Give of Saturn, and that was kind of like I was ready for a lot to move into the, the next thing. Um, and there were some, probably some relationships and various, you know, Various people and various entities. that I was just ready to to lay to rest, and you know. So I mean, some of the lyrics are, say, strong imagery, like dig a shallow grave, where you can't, you can, you can't can find. What's well, so it? You can't find me, but you, you can't hide me. But you can you can find me. Yeah. You can hide me, but you can't. You can find me. Yeah. Um, and you know. It, it does express some anger too. And it, it's kind of a contradiction, but it was definitely about wanting to transcend the the, the petty stuff.
0: No, that, that is perfect. I mean, in, in talking about a song about burying the ax, you, you want to talk about that, 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 there is anger, right? That that's, that's something that needs to, to happen. My wife, Chris and I had this conversation last night and we were talking about some friends of ours that were, are dealing with an, A situation with anger, and we were talking about how it's really, it hurts them to hold on to all that anger, and the other person doesn't even care, to be honest. And that person that has all the anger is the one that's hurting themselves. I mean, I don't know how much you, how a person goes about letting go, but it, it hurts the person that's holding on to it, that is not bearing the act.
3: That's that's really true. I mean, I think you see that in, in abusive relationships where you know someone who's the the victim of abuse is, is hurting, um, but to get where as the abuser probably doesn't care, you know, or even maybe even enjoys, you know, being abusive. But it's kind of up to the to the object of the abuse to to get that out of their life. Their life. And I think so, some of the imagery kind of. That does touch on some of those kind of feelings of you know being being in the in the kind of relationship you're talking about kind of where people's behavior or anger or whatever ma- ma- malicious <laughs> malicious um behavior towards you um, can be really hurtful, you. Know? So, so the song kind of expresses some
0: of that. It's a very powerful Dude. song. I mean, and right off the bat with the with the militaristic marching drums. I mean, that that just sets the tone for for what what you're about to address. So.
3: Yeah, it's kind of like a march to a, what um, do say, to an execution? But it's kind of it kind of yeah, has <laughs> like that kind of military uh, um, vibe to it. Yeah.
0: Very cool. So let's go on to the next song. And Soraya had already hinted at it. And this one is a rocker, I'll say that. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So let's play uh, a little bit of Change Everything.
4: The is it's just and no
2: one's the change Let's just discuss.
1: These two lines,
2: okay.
1: not going to waste another minute of my time to try and fix the disease. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then a little later on, I don't need you anymore. This song, and when I think about that sequence, you know, that first we have Angel sister kind of setting this tone of, you know, where's my role in this world and what are people doing and, you know, we're all kind of connected but separate. Then Ships of Heaven kind of looking for that transcendental place, then bury the axe, kind of setting the tone of shedding, right? Shedding the past. And then we get to change everything. And it's like,
2: ah, <laughs> there's
1: a moment to take a breath. And you just say, you know what? Don't need it. I'm not going to waste my time. I'm not going to waste my energy, but I'm going to go find whatever I need to do. Change everything. Boom. There's nothing I don't love about this. I know. I know. <laughs> the arrangement, everything, these guitars are ridiculous and the lyrics are so so good. Oh. Don't so, ask about
0: it. Does that sound about what what you had in mind you were talking about uh, a tran- a transition in your life and it sounds like this this song definitely sounds like it's a transitional part of your life. Yeah, I
3: mean, I it- I think soraya nailed it perfectly i mean um this is about just you know bury the axe is kind of like let's at peace and you know put it all behind us we could still be friends maybe you know even though you've tortured me <laughs> but change everything is kind of like okay enough you're kicked out of my life or you know it's like or not not necessarily a person but it's like rejecting manipulation you know whether it's like advertising or selling stuff you don't need or Irrational politics, conspiracy theories, just craziness, people, things, entities trying to manipulate you. Just right. getting fed up with all that and finally saying, you know, enough and just rejecting it outright. That's kind of – that's what – I think the right. Put it better than I did, but that's kind of what, what, you know, what the vibe is, yeah. And, you know, again, John and Matt totally nailed the guitar on that. And that's just them at their – Wildest rocking yeah. rockingest best, you know
0: <laughs> yeah, it sounded like they took that message and translated that into guitar and just brought the heat
3: <laughs> yeah absolutely I mean I've been so lucky to be able to work with such incredible musicians you know foremost matt and and John um, and, and a lot of others too but you know, as a songwriter to to have At your disposal like you know it's two of the best guitar players that that, that maybe ever you know
2: yeah
3: among two of the best guitar players in history it's like just unbelievable resource and i've just been so lucky a lot of a lot of my the music i've worked on you know is totally collaborative on every level with matt and and john too
0: hold on one (laughs) second
1: That's never happened before, but, you know, there's a first for everything.
0: (laughs) It's Matt, and he said thank you. No, just kidding. She's
1: listening.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, those guys... I mean, the whole Rain Parade band, come on. You guys are... I mean, it's the cream of the crop, but to have those guys at Guitar Yet on guitar, I totally hear what you're saying. And on this particular song... Yeah, the guitars. It are.
1: just, whew, it just, it will take your breath away because it just shows this exceptional quality. Um, I mean, we've been seeing it, but in this song, it's like everything. It's just everything magnified times ten. At least yeah, for me, yeah. as a as a simple listener, it just seems that way. And it, so this song just becomes very big, and
3: yeah, yeah, takes you in. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's amazing how you know Matt, both Matt and John have this ability to just pull out guitar melodies. Like, I, they're really 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 good at finding the sort of the motif in a song. And sometimes I'll point it out to them when we're working together, and just running with it and building it into like an amazing guitar part that has it's full of its own. It's like almost symphonic, you know. Um, melodic quality um, you know that they're, they're able to take an idea and do multiple variations on it when I say symphonic I mean kind of the way symphony takes a motif and um, builds out several several kind of related variations that all kind of connect back to this one idea and they're, they're, they're both outstanding at doing that yeah. mean yeah, that make
0: sense what I just said? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that totally makes sense. Absolutely. And, yeah, and I, I'm I'm thinking about about Rain Parade songs and how that that actually happens pr- quite frequently. Those guys are really good at that.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, so Thursday's bright is the next song. Let's give that one a listen. Ooh. Uh. Play all these songs all the way through. <laughs> right, it's so tempting. So I love how you have the acoustic guitar playing, and I think it sounds like a mellotron or a mellotron kind of sound, maybe. And then that distorted, feedbacky guitar just layered underneath. It's so beautiful. I love the arrangement of this one.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, thanks. I think I think you actually um, did identify um most of the instruments correctly. I'm not sure it's a it's a Mellotron, but it's um would be a backwards guitar in there, I think. Kinda of sounds like an organ. Um but yeah, yeah. Um actually this is one of my I think this actually is my favorite song on this whole collection.
0: Wow. Um
3: Yeah. Because I remember I remember when the day this kind of this the day this was born <laughs> Um, uh it was it's about it was about being alone on thanksgiving which is always thursday <laughs> um and wrestling with some demons um and um i remember it was it was thanksgiving weekend and it was a really beautiful day and it was late fall and there were cold winds and leaves were blowing so it had that late fall kind of kind of feeling Um, And I was living in in San Francisco on this narrow street called Elizabeth Street, which where I did a lot of this recording and which later became known as Elizabeth Street Studios. Um, And um, across the street, there was was this beautiful, incredibly bright white house that in the morning sun would just glow
2: glow.
3: Wow. So part of the visual... Element of the, of the lyrics um, was that that vision, but um, I think I, for some reason I ended up there alone. Like my wife had went to visit her parents, and everybody was out of town, so I just had a lot of time to kind of to think. And um, it's kind of what the, about those moments of loneliness when um, you know maybe you want to give it all up, but then you realize you know maybe where maybe you the problem is with you <laughs> and you know you, you're lucky to have what you have and you know you, you kind of want to try to keep it no, no matter what but it's kind of going through this sort of like realizing that the, the problem is really is really coming from you and the world is actually a pretty pretty beautiful place it uh, can, can be wow
0: that's kind of heavy
3: beautiful uh, yeah. yeah yeah and I think that I, it is kind of heavy, maybe. Sorry, it's too heavy. No, no, no. <laughs> I, remember the, <laughs> I remember the. I remember the feeling. It was actually a really great day. It's like you know when the weather is just like kind of perfect. With this not too hot, not too cold. And the, the wind, the leaves. It's kind of like a magical feeling. And I think the song kind of captured that feeling. So that's why I think why I like it so much it totally feels like an
0: autumn song now that you say that which Mm -hmm. is my favorite part of the year is the fall and um it totally does have that feel to it i love the way that you say that the how you phrase it as the day that the song was born it's such a a beautiful phrasing and talking about a piece of music i love that Yeah. (laughs) yeah i love that
3: I think I might have had a little bit too much coffee
2: that day, too. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's really interesting about about being alone. I, I always think, like, if my wife goes away on a trip, I'm like, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, it's going to be cool, I'm going to catch up on my reading, and I kind of get a little bit excited that I have alone time, and then about 25 minutes into <laughs> her being gone, I'm like... Uh, I wish she was back. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Yeah, it was, it was definitely
3: amplified that day too because of because of the uh, the holiday, you know, mm-hmm. Thanksgiving.
1: Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting too because um, uh, I think at a time like this, the one that we're living in these, you know, these are unprecedented times, but I think a lot of people are spending that kind of time. Uh, or at least giving into those thoughts of introspection, and that's what I thought Thursdays bright. And now that I hear you talk about, it, it makes absolute sense. It, it seems like this kind of open voiced meditation on just kind of the here and now. It, and now it, it like it's starting to connect the pieces for me, but and at, yeah. songs like this at this time really resonate.
3: Yeah, it is kind of. It is. I think you put it well. It's kind of like an an open sort of meditation on appreciating, you know, on, on the things that we have that are really precious, you know, and how um, it it does seem really, really, since we have so much time to kind of sit around and you know, not just not go out and distract ourselves. It it does seem to kind of be sort of in sync with. <laughs> Yeah, maybe people's states of mind these days. It's
0: absolutely relevant today, for sure.
1: And then we move into the next song, which I just have to say before you even play one note. One of the things that I remarked about it, and now, Stephen, as you kind of helped us understand the, the idea behind this, this uh, album and some of these songs, Out of Reach... Is just this very it. It seems stripped down, simple, and absolutely beautiful. And I just have to say that before we start. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, thank you. <laughs> with with that being said. One.
4: This feeling moving up my spine I'm too sad to shake and too cold to cry completely out of.
0: A beautiful melody this one
3: uh, thank you um yeah it, it, what strikes me about it is um as surai that it's totally stripped down um i think th- this album does have this contrast of like really heavy a pers- few, few songs that are you know really major production numbers with a lot of stuff going on mm-hmm. and these other kind of just very raw stripped down acoustic songs. songs. Um, I think that's kind of what I, what I was getting, I was wanting to do more of. Um, well, I think they're a lot easier to record. You know? <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's kind of more di- more direct. This, this one is, yeah, this one's kind of has a slightly dark story behind it. Um, I'm not sure I should even tell it. <laughs> but I um, it's kind of about being completely turned upside down by by unexpected events,
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, which we've all experienced. Um, in this case, it was the loss of a of a good friend. Um, but it's kind of about thinking about it. Actually, remember the term synesthesia that yeah. came up in y- our discussions? Yes,
0: yes.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody's
3: discussion. Remember? Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. It's
3: kind of about um, emotional seizure Okay. That occurs after a trauma. Um so like a line too scared to shake and mm-hmm. too cold to cry. Right? Right. It's like after you experience it, something that is really sh- difficult your your mind and emotions it take a long time to, t- can, can take a time to kind of get rewired from the new reality. Mhm. And I I think this song, some of the lyrics, um, I'm not even sure where they came from. It's almost like I was just telling what I was feeling, you know? (laughs) And what I realized, listening back to it now, is it has has this kind of weird transposition of different types of feelings that you wouldn't normally connect. Like, you wouldn't connect, um, I was scared to shake, um, scared to cry or i don't know you would shake if you're cold and you'd cry maybe if you're scared <laughs> but here it's like scared and and shaking
1: mm-hmm.
3: and cold and crying or you know it's, it's like a lyrical, lyrical license trying to express the confusion of those feelings if that makes sense absolutely
1: absolutely yeah. And it's actually
3: uh, an interesting side note to this is that later on um my friend's sister actually made, made a film in like an independent movie about searching for her brother uh and she used this track as as the uh the title
2: title track for the song for the for the movie wow
0: so, yeah what was the name of the
3: film out, out of reach. Oh, okay. <laughs> she, she used it as the title of, of the movie and as the title track. Oh, got the,
0: it. Oh, got it. Got it.
3: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think I'm not sure whatever happened to it. I think I don't think she got it into, into like any major production, but it's out there somewhere.
0: Ooh. Wonder if we could find that.
1: I think we got to start searching. Who
0: who? is <laughs> who who is the Uh-oh. filmmaker?
1: Uh,
3: her name's Anna Anna Bellum. Okay. I I can I'll I'll drop her line and see if it's available. I'm not sure that she actually, um, you know, wh- where she's at with it, with it. Got it. Yeah, I'll look into it.
1: That's powerful.
0: So next up is nothing like out of reach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so going from the nice, quiet, introspective, this one has an onslaught of guitars.
1: And drums.
0: Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 Soraya and I, we were talking about the drums on this one earlier. So, up next, um, in my mind, this would have been a vinyl EP or vinyl album, and this would be the first song on Side (laughs) 2. But, alas, (laughs) that never happened. But, anyways, up next is Whirlwind. it's so good that's one of my favorites it's so, such a good song and uh, talk about those guitars just coming in and and feedback and just noise it's such a good one
3: yeah well you know asking asking Matt and John to come up with the whirlwind and wasn't too hard <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: Uh, um, yeah Matt Matt was heavily involved in that one um, although actually the, a the trivia—I I actually am the one who played lead guitar on that. So there was there was actually some role reversal. Yeah, Matt, Matt came up with the—he um, plays guitar, but he also came up with that kind of pulsating. I think it was actually a patch or a sample that we came up with, and we just you know, played with it until it kind of ended up sounding like a Dopplering whirlwind effect. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, that's a great sound.
3: Yeah. And
0: there's some pretty good, good background vocals on that too, yeah. So
3: who, were, who was doing the backing vocals on that? I think it was mostly not Okay. background vocals, yeah.
0: And then Soraya, you noted that the drums really stood out to you on this the one. The
1: drums were just, and again, you know, thinking about those pulsating guitars and uh, these really ethereal vocals. And then underneath that are these drums and it's just pulsating drums that Um. That was that jumped out at me and every time I listened to it it's like I couldn't ignore it. So it it was just this all of the sound coming at me at once. It was amazing.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's kinda of like a tornado's coming your way. Yeah. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> yeah.
0: This would be a good yeah, it was tr- a good live song for sure. Yeah. And can we talk yeah. about how dynamic this album is? Like when Yes. <laughs> when you go from 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 some of these quieter tracks to something like this, that I mean, there's just all kinds of stuff happening with, with emotions, with sounds. There's a lot going on in this record. I I love that
3: about this record. Yeah, I guess I guess there's more more going on than I I realized. It's actually quite um quite interesting to listen to it now. Um, you know, you put something in a, in a vault for a while, yeah. and you come back to it as kind of a completely. You know, you start to see
0: things that you didn't even know were there before. May I remind yeah. you, it's been a couple decades.
2: I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just want to emphasize that. But, that sorry. A while.
1: <laughs> but uh, Jeff, and I want you to think about this sequence here. So it goes whirlwind, come around, which I'm, I will talk about. Yes. And then quality time, and then Valentine's Day. Like it, it's this sequence coming up. This, there's a lot going on here. Uh-huh. There's a lot going on here. So, shall we hear it come around? One, two, three, four.
4: around every once in a while, like the sun in my shadow life, look down cause I don't understand, what it means to be your fan, all I want is to see you smile, happy and complete, mean the world to me.
0: Steven, this one sounds seems really personal to me. There was a couple lines that I wrote down. Of course, you, you mean the world to me on that part. And then, um, you're my best friend is another line. Um, it, I would imagine, coming from you, that it is autobiographical or true to your feelings at the time. <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd say yes, um, definitely. And... Pretty much all all of all these tunes, in some way, whether that you know it's obvious on the, the face of it, are or, or sort of autobiographical. Um, but yeah, this one, um, this one is just really simple. I, I, it's probably one of the fastest realizations of a song oh. um, that I've experienced. Pro- probably took me a couple hours from actually the conception of the idea to recording and having a finished demo, which it really is, it's just a demo. Um, although sometimes demos end up being perfectly, you know, good enough, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, kind of re- recorded it, out, you know, sort of off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, it's, it was about having, um, let's just say, it was about having a crush on someone and you know you shouldn't, you know? Uh-huh. Um, and wanting, no matter how, how how much you feel for that person, kind of, you know, understanding their their pain and wanting everything to be okay, you know?
0: That's All beautiful. Right. I love that. Beautiful. <sighs> <That's awesome. laughs> All right, then, Soraya, you mentioned quality time. That's oh man, nice. I
1: got a, I got a lot of thoughts on this one, but I want to hear it. That's how good it is. I want to hear
0: it. All right, all right. With the standout lines, we need quality time, and life is short. Here is here is quality time. So with these lyrics, you could have written this last week or or this month. (laughs) Look at
1: who he's telling us to listen to. Listen to the president. Listen to your undertaker. (laughs) And at the end, listen to the present tense. I hope I got that right. (laughs) Yeah, you just. (laughs) But (laughs) I I love that sequence. And uh, just, Jeff, so... They reel us in. I I wrote down, and please remember, I'm not a musician. I'm only a fan. And I just wrote down, these guitars in space. (laughs) That's what it felt like to me. But listen to the lyrics. Life is short. Listen to your undertaker. We need quality time. We got all of the time in the world to say goodbye. Life is short. Life is short. We need quality. I mean, lyrically, this song is really charged. And now that I look at it in this sequence and knowing a little bit about the history, this is really an interesting song, and it's a powerful one to lead into the last four tracks. Um, what what Was was this kind of a similar um, inspiration, just the moment that you're living through and the transformation kind of happening in front of you?
3: Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think you totally nailed the important whatever's important about the song. <laughs> I think you, I think you nailed it. It's it's really about um, the, just the condition we all live in. The sort of you know we're kind of all informed by the reality of our unfortunate reality of our demise, and um, you just have to have to find a way to live and make it good while, mm. while you can. And yes, we get garbage from people, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, um, yes. but you need to, you need to kind of remember like, yeah, listen, listen to your undertaker that I like that line. Um, and listen to the present tense. Yeah. Because it's all, everything's happening is, is only, it's only really now and try to make it as good as you can. <sighs> Such
0: a great message.
3: Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Thanks. I think um, song could use a little remixing. It's, it's a little bit a little bit raw, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah. I, I listen to it now. I do. I I, I do like the uh, some of the thoughts and themes that are touched on. It it actually works nicely in that in this kind of raw context, you know, because it's not it's not like a serious song. It's just, but it has it has kind of heavy duty theme to it. Mhm. Yeah
0: i mean it's a simple but powerful message i mean you just say it perfectly that that we need the quality time so yeah um and yeah. i th- I think the music reflects the statement so yeah. ne- next up i think is another solo piece i mean it's it's um it's a very simple and um pu- musically pulled back um, beautiful guitar playing and um Um, a message about love and, and the song's called valentine's day so let's give this one a play this one's right up your alley
1: i mean look at those two lines love just finds its way for as long as it takes that's a really poignant message and again dressed in this song where it's acoustic and in other words the message just kind of takes over i i just i love this song a lot it's pretty it's a very pretty and poignant song
3: yeah okay thank you um you know it's it's um actually i remember the day i remember the song and it was literally valentine's day and it was raining it was pouring <laughs> outside and i just thought it was like a really really gloomy day and i was kind of oh, god this is kind of bizarre you know on this day that you know it's supposed to be like love and joy and yeah and just like an incredible story storminess of the weather was just in such contrast to the basic, um, you know, idea of a val- valentine's day. Um, so it's it's really just like kind of a, kind of amusing on um, on love, you know. And you know, hope, I, um,
0: as you're saying yeah. that, it, as you're saying that, I'm thinking about with the external everything going on with like the weather, and I was thinking about that as as far as like. Not just weather being n- not um at its prime, but also the environment that you could be in, whether it's <laughs> political or whether um <laughs> emotional, and even through those situations that that there are opportunities when love finds its way through those difficult situations and and you were mentioning yeah. that it was like physically. Not the most beautiful day, on that day. But this beautiful song comes out of that, out of that mm-hmm. situation.
3: Yeah, yeah. It, um, it's it's kind of about you know how um, just like you said, I mean, horrible stuff can be going on. I mean, the song itself was literally written during a you know a pouring rainstorm. Yeah. And I think it, you know as a songwriter, sometimes I mean, you find you find your imagery. Directly in front of you in life, you know, and sometimes it's—I think it's even surprising to 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 me or to the person making up a song that what you're seeing has, can can be interpreted many different ways, you know, or can apply to many different sort of analogous situations, like like you were saying. Um, but at, at the heart of it, it's really it's really just about how how love kind of is is the most, you know, probably the most important thing.
0: Absolutely. I, think. <laughs> yep, I Yeah, I agree. It's a beautiful song. Yeah. So up next is my personal favorite from the record. And I think there's a little tremolo guitar, whatever that guitar sound and it sounds really cool. Um, when I add tremolo to my guitar, it sounds a little bit like that. And there's a couple really neat lines in this one. To me, this sounds like the most psychedelic on the Mm -hmm. album, especially in the middle part. Just that break gets crazy and fun and psychedelic and trippy. But um, this song is Dream Came True. I'll cut it off before it gets to the really trippy middle break part, but Stephen, is this, a, is it a love
3: song? You know, it kind of, it kind of is actually. Um, it's a an interesting question. I mean, I guess, I guess you could call it a love song. Yeah. By the way, some great, great guitarist one by, um, by John and, um, some very cool production. I just that, saw that middle section Matt, Matt and I worked on. Yeah, that middle section. Cool a... backwards guitar. It's so oh, cool. Yeah. Great. I, I remember the song. So so this is kind of like my answer to uh, Kurt Cobain's suicide, which I'm sure would be surprising to you. <laughs> um, so it's kind of like, Kind of a conversation with myself about self-obsession and self-obsessed musicians and um like there's times that we all want to give up you know or you know or feel the world owes us something or it's more than beer, beer beer and flattery which is what my brother was famous for saying <laughs> yeah. um and, and Maybe you have to understand, like, the musician's mentality, um, which I'm I'm sure, Jeffrey, you do, and Soraya, you too. (laughs) Um, It's it's a lot of hard work, and it can be very lonely at times. You know, um, nobody really thinks about that when you're getting into it. You just think of, like, oh, God, being a musician is going to be great. But it's it's, it's hard. It's really difficult to sustain. Life on the road could be hard. There's a lot of temptations. A lot of people don't make it um and there's a lot of deep maybe even unpleasant like soul searching to find the right words you know for the songs um, um so so because of all that sort of dark difficult stuff and sometimes and just like in general you just want to you know self-destruct but it's like more contained more courageous to to hang on and keep living. Um, And success in in music or professionally is not the most important thing. There's other things like love and friends and nature and beauty and, you know, so, so much. Um, And if you have love and good people, like that's success in itself. So when Kurt Cobain killed himself, I was like, I understood that he was maybe it was, in a way, who's depressed and is beyond his control, but I just kind of felt angry because, and I think I don't think I'm the only one, because um, you know, it wasn't—it's not about success. It's about love, about it should be about love. It doesn't really matter, you know, whether you succeed in music or, um, and he's achieved great success, and yet he was so unhappy. Um, so, so all of that made me just really appreciate. I I had even had the opportunity to be a musician, to, um, to indulge my, you know, my creative side, and rather rather than, like, you know, offing myself because I didn't get everything I wanted, I just felt like I needed to, like, really appreciate that I had the opportunity and that I've been able to make some good music and that I, I do have good people in my life and so it's really about, you know, it's like a. My dream did come true. I actually um, set out with a lot of my friends and my brother to to be to do some good music and you know that we loved, and it kind of it kind of all came true. It's kind of it's kind of mind blowing, if you think about it, regardless of whatever level of success we had we were able to create a lot of good music and somehow at this moment in this time of it, it, it kind of all ends up, all that kind of ends up in this song. Wow.
0: That is <laughs> if really. It does makes
3: any sense. Oh, to- Absolutely yeah, it does. Yeah, I funny.
1: don't think we can add anything to that.
3: That's beautiful. I love yeah,
1: that. I love the sentiment behind that song.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for giving me a chance to, uh, you know, to tell the stories of these songs and, you know, it's, uh, it's been a rough couple of months for us, as you guys know, but for, because we're all going through, you know, the other things have been going on. So if I sound a little bit dark and emotional about it, you know, I, I'm sorry. I hope I'm not bringing everybody down.
0: No, 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 no. no. I mean, not at I all. love that. The, I mean, that whole message. I mean, it's, again, it's your, it, we, as we were talking about with, Valentine's Day, right? We have these situations that are dark and heavy, and then you have this very optimistic message, Mm and the message is to look at the things that we do have that we, uh, that a lot of us take for granted. And I, it's such a beautiful and timely message.
1: Absolutely,
3: yeah, it's kind of essential, you know, for for survival, really, enough to try to um, you know, make the dust of what we got.
0: Yeah. That's a great message.
3: I appreciate what we got. Yeah.
1: One hundred.
0: So the last song that I have on my version is needle and the damage done. Was that, was the intention to put that on ships of heaven? Because we talked earlier about that. That was included on the Neil Young tribute album. This notes for you too. Um, but right. what was the intention to put, put that on ships of heaven also?
3: Um, I think I think I just put it on there because it seems to the collection of songs seem to need something even <laughs> some uh something else you know mm-hmm. I I thought oh maybe maybe a cover you know maybe there's too maybe it's just too much like one-dimensional Stephen Roback <laughs> all, you yeah <know, laughs> indulgence maybe maybe we'll put a, a younger a younger fun I just to, you know in case you in case you're not. Depressed yet, you you this, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is a heavy one. It is a heavy song, that's for sure. De- talking about yeah, actually, dealing with actually, some I'm, demons, I'm, right? I'm
3: kinda just, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of just just kidding. I mean, I, right, right, right. Um, yeah, I think I,
0: I took put it down, down there just
3: because I, I had had a, I wanted people to hear it because I liked the version.
0: Yeah, I think I. We like
1: too. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think I mentioned to you before, and I know it's blasphemous, but I prefer this version over Neil's version. But I won't say that out loud because I—that I could be blasphemous to the Neil Neil fans. But your version is so so beautiful. Let's listen to a little bit yeah. of it, and um, this will be the last one. heart-wrenching at the same time
1: it's hauntingly beautiful haunting
0: yeah it's hauntingly beautiful yeah. perfect
3: yeah it's the organ that that was that was a touch that makes it makes it kind of unique
0: well so this this album is like i said there's so much going on there there's it's very dynamic you have the rockers you know with change everything whirlwind and you have the more introspective mm-hmm. songs and um it, there's a lot going on. I just think it's it's an amazing record, Stephen. I wish that it would have had a proper release. Um, I, I actually like the sequencing that's on this version that I have. So um, uh, hopefully there'll be a day when there's a compilation of stuff and at least some of these songs, if not mm-hmm. most of them, will be able to have an re- official release because you, you wrote some masterful pieces here.
3: Beautiful songs. Well, th- thanks. Thanks, you guys. I, I hope at some point, too, that it, it comes out in some form. I mean, it would be nice to, to see it re- released um, as its own thing, which is kind of meant to be. But at the very least, hopefully it'll come out as part of something else and, and it'll, it'll retain its sort of, you know, um, own identity within, within that context.
0: Yes, I want to applaud.
3: Yes, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I thanks. Right? Well, yeah. thanks, for, thanks for listening, you guys. You know, without without you, um, you know, it, it means a lot to to um, to share the stories of the songs, and thanks for giving me the opportunity.
2: Yeah,
0: thank you for doing that. I really, really enjoyed the stories behind some of these, mm-hmm. and um, as I listen to these songs moving forward it's going to give me uh, an added boost and understanding of what your intentions were as I filter it through my own experiences, <laughs> which I tend to do with cool. songs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing, yeah. Stephen. I really, really enjoyed the conversation and your input on all these songs. And again, mm-hmm. masterful record.
3: Yes. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Sure thing.
0: And hopefully everything goes well, and we uh, get out of the situation soon. and We can get back out into the sunlight and <laughs> and uh, have some more live shows. And um, if if Rain Parade does any shows, we'll we'll be there, <laughs> regardless of where that. it's at. So we hope. To...
1: Steve Roback does any shows, yeah, we'll be too.
0: Exactly.
3: Yeah, that would, that would be be very cool. I look look forward to seeing you guys.
0: All right. In, in the future. Yeah.
1: Thanks <laughs> so much for your time.
0: Thank you so much. David. Okay. All right. Sure. Stay healthy okay. and safe. Bye. 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 Okay. You too. Bye.
1: Just give me a moment.
0: <laughs> that's my guy right there.
1: I'm sorry. Stephen Roback is, that's a dude.
0: Yeah. Um, I loved hearing some of these stories. You could tell that, um, that through all these experiences that he have i love the optimism um and it's not like a a blind or shallow optimism obviously because um it, some difficult dark moments are addressed and through that he still sees the positivity and um opportunities for for creativity for love for um, good things to come from from bad situations, and I think it's a very, very powerful message, and it's it's a common theme throughout some of these songs.
1: You know, listening listening to Stephen speak about these songs, speak about his motivations. First of all, I want to have his memory,
2: yeah.
1: where he can remember <laughs> an album that he can remember the day the song was born. That was absolutely the most poetic way to put it um but you know he he really moved me to tears I mean I I found myself getting emotional listening to him tell these stories um I think that's why what Matt Pucci said was so on the dot he is really gifted as a songwriter I mean he's gifted as a musician but really he's got this way with words and he just brings you into the story and he engages you. And, um, I think, I think he was very nice in letting us know that, you know, we found a meaning that resonated with the song, but, um, I really think it's just cause he is so good at it.
0: Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Some of the imagery, was is just beautiful the the shallow grave the white house the glowing white house um. I
1: mean and then the use of weather because that comes up in a lot of these songs it's a thread that you can kind of follow um but and it's an interesting bookend of tracks I mean he said um the the album needed remastering and um in with that process, the order may have ch- could have changed, but even if we think about this as a final order, it's a very interesting bookend with Angel's Angel Sister and then with um, the Neil Needle and Damage Done. Uh, yeah. um, it's a very interesting story that he's told us in 12 tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a good guy, and this album, you know, this is what. Absolutely makes me batty, Jeff. You and I are dealing with a bootleg, <laughs> a bootleg that he that he released. Okay, a bootleg that he released. So, initially, when we start when we started talking about this episode, and when the day came, I felt like we were going to the principal's office. <laughs> and we were going to be told why we did something wrong. But, um, and then hearing the story, it's like no it was good and I'm sad that this album isn't out for people to hear it. Um, and I don't want to know that it's floating around or whatever, but all I can say is I wish this was more readily available.
0: Agreed. Yeah. It's look, really
1: look how long it took you to find it. Yeah. In your own collection. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah.
1: Uh, but, um, I'm really, I'm really appreciative of the fact that I got to hear it and got to talk with him about it. Same. This is a really good collection of of tracks and. Yeah. 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 So he's a great guy. He he is. Yeah. He's been generous with us, but he's really
0: nice. So with music, there's, I love music. Of course, music is super important to me. But and I. I like the thought of music being the soundtrack to life, right? And then we talked about, like, memories and experiences that people have listening to music. And um, even with Aaron, we were talking about, you know, the guitars and all the components and the voices are one thing, but the songs are so much bigger than that. And I listen to songs for different reasons. You know, I have the car driving songs, the workout songs, the the chill songs, the, the songs when I, they, I need to mellow out. And the thing I like about... Steven Robeck's songs, to me, it's connection. Like I feel connected when I hear his voice, when I hear his songs. And it makes me happy to be alive. Um, I just feel connected. I I don't know how else to say it. I just feel connected to another person. And that's... I don't have that. You know, I have thousands of albums and, and CDs. And there are there are those few where it's all about a connection. And that's, that's the one thing that I always get with his songs. It's feeling. And imagine,
1: imagine that Jeff, this is what we're all striving for in life, right? It's to create these meaningful connections with people. And how amazing is it that we can feel a connection with someone through their music, someone that doesn't stand in front of us, but connects with us in it through a completely elevated level. I think that's really, I think that's a beautiful thing. And the fact that he gives that to us and shares it readily.
0: Yeah. It's a gift.
1: These rain parade guys, man, (laughs) they're a cool bunch.
0: (laughs) Yes, indeed. Indeed.
1: Uh, Jeff, how do we end this? Well, that was really a that was really a nice conversation.
0: Yeah, I really really enjoyed that. So we've had you we have talked about that we've talked to um, that we love talking to the Rain Parade guys and we've talked to a, a few of them right we've talked to a few of the three o'clock guys and most of all of the current Dream Syndicate bands. But when it comes to Bangles, we've only talked to one person so far in the yeah. Bangles, Annette. Which, to be honest, was um, the person that I wanted to talk to the most from the Bengals. was an, an, was a Annette.
1: fascinating, amazing conversation.
0: <laughs> yeah. So on our next episode, there may be a conversation with one of the other members from the Bengals. So let's hope that that happens. We're lining something up. And sh- next week, you may be hearing us conversing with a bangle
1: (laughs) fingers crossed folks
0: yes yes all right so i think that's i think that's how we end it
1: (laughs) all right end it i'm gonna be out
0: groove on paisley people